0: Two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Yes, indeed. And our number two is underway at eight minutes past ten o'clock. We forego the Reagan Open uh, for this hour, so we can dive right into the news with Peter Kirsten. Now we have much, much work to do on this Tuesday, the twelfth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord twenty twenty-one. Peter Kirsten, is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. For now, a member of the 1776 Commission. He is also a Cleveland attorney and a best-selling author, Peter Kirsten. Now, good morning, my friend. How are you, Bob? Doing fairly well, considering. Considering, yes. Uh, did uh, <laughs> I, you know? I, I'm going to ask this because for years, you know, you and I have talked at the beginning of our conversations just a little bit about sports. We both have walked away from professional sports largely this year or this season. That is. Uh, now ongoing, believe it or not, in January, into the second week of January for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so although you and I have walked away from it, I know you were extraordinarily excited to see them beat the Steelers in uh, Pittsburgh to snap that losing streak and actually advance their season.
1: Yeah, I can't help but be excited about it. Look, I, I was very upset with the Browns when they started kneeling. I didn't see them kneel. Um, you know, I hadn't been tuning in to many, many games, actually. I may see a few minutes here and there. But, you know, they're in the playoffs for the first time. I, I went to the last playoff victory. I still remember January 1st of uh, 1995. Um, it's been a long time. So uh, if they don't kneel, you know, I may peek in from time to time, but uh, it's good news for Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and uh, what's re- remarkable to me as I watched that whole thing play out is that they were able to do it with Baker Mayfield, a quarterback, instead of Sam Darnold, which a couple of people <laughs> know very well. Wanted them to draft a couple of years ago, so I won't manch- mention any, any names, but uh, uh, but also, what else was striking, Pete? I didn't realize this. Did you know this was their first road playoff victory? Since 1968? Since 1969 is what I read, or saw on oh, television. Six, yeah, 69,
1: right. yeah it was somewhere like that, 68, 69. Yeah, I didn't know that. That surprised me, too. I thought that during the 80s they'd won some road playoff games, but... Um the only memory I have of the 80s is the Denver Broncos beating us. So, Yeah, um,
0: 1969, that was your senior year at Cornell, wasn't it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to, it's just messing, just messing. All right, Pete, uh, let's get the levity out of the way here, because we have to get serious now, obviously. Um, so much ground to cover here, and I want to talk about the racial components of everything that's going on in D.C. right now, which have absolutely no bearing whatsoever, uh, but, but I want to start with the First Amendment, because Pete, what they've done to Parler here <clears throat> has got to be... Uh, illegal on a number of fronts. Devin Nunez is talking about, uh, wanting an investigation into antitrust violations when you have the CEOs of the giant, uh, you know, tech, uh, you know, monolithic companies all conspiring to crush the competition. There has to be, uh, antitrust violations. There has to be, Nunez says even a RICO, uh, potential RICO statute violation here because Twitter, Facebook, Google, and Amazon have all conspired to crush the competition. Parler was growing by leaps and bounds even before Twitter and Facebook banned Donald Trump and then Trump went over to Parler. It was going to grow by an astronomical he had, he had seventy million followers on Twitter. You better believe all Did seventy million of them back. are gonna follow him to Parlor. Parler was was you know you know, potentially a billion dollar valuation company, and they now no longer exist. Their app removed from uh um Apple and Google uh, app stores, and their existence online, even on laptops or computers or whatever, gone because Amazon banned them from their servers, all because they were a free speech site that conservatives were flocking to to be able to coordinate and communicate and even just to to, to share with one another. So, Pete, from the legal standpoint, um, how how do you analyze this? I know you're a labor attorney, but how do you analyze what was done here to this company?
1: A couple things. First, my understanding is I heard from a, a friend who is well connected that about an hour ago, I think Parler did get onto another plat, another server, a, a server called Epics, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they are alive to fight another day while they prosecute their Section One. Uh, of the Sherman Act antitrust claim. And I agree with you. The Justice Department should have long ago stepped in on this. You know, I know Tucker has been railing about this for a long time, but it's absolutely correct. You've got these mega corporations, these gigantic, the, the biggest in the history of the world, uh, just coincidentally. By the way, um, you know, I'm not a Sherman one. Um, expert, but I play one on TV. It is true that about 30 years ago, I did teach a class on this, but my goodness, um, you really have to talk to antitrust experts to get to the the nuts and bolts of it. Nonetheless, the okay. law school version of it is that Sher- Sherman, one, Sherman Act Section 1 um, prohibits agreements between two or more entities, um, concerted activity, in other words, that unreasonably restrain trade. Now, when you completely shut down several different types of um, uh, platforms, such as Parler, when it happens all at once, if you saw the CEO of uh, Parler on television explaining that they started getting notices that followed in seriatim. maybe it was like you know Amazon, then Facebook, then another one, then another one, and it was all around the same time. That surely looks suspicious, and uh, the Justice Department should be looking in there because this is big. This is very big. And we're also talking about it's not First Amendment because it's not the government necessarily. uh, But nonetheless, it's a Sherman Act violation, or at least there's a reasonable um, claim that there's a Sherman Act violation. And the Justice Department, given the nature of this, and also given the volatile nature of this in terms of fueling unrest in the country, as I said last week to you, when you suppress speech, you turn up the pressure on the on the pressure cooker, you turn up the heat on the pressure cooker, and that 's precisely what 's happening here you can 't simply suppress speech and not there not believe there 's going to be some other type of outlet hopefully it 's not an outlet that's that 's violent, but speech is the way yeah. of releasing the steam so the Justice Department should have been on this a long time ago. There have been certain senators who've been pushing for this for a long time, but no one has been. Uh, pushing it aggressively up until now, I know Josh Hawley has been. Senator Cruz had made some statements for the last couple of years, but it's gone nowhere. Uh, if we want to maintain, again, this is not the government doing this, but this is such a huge. Peter, I want to challenge that. Footprint.
0: I want to challenge that. Hold on a second. I want to challenge that. This is more than just silicon valley tech giants conspiring with one another this is the government conspiring with silicon valley i mean kamala i was watching a, a clip of kamala harris uh, debating uh, with um uh pocahontas uh, uh warren, yeah, elizabeth warren elizabeth warren uh, during the right. Yeah, talking about how uh, she, they they were arguing about um, who has called the loudest for Twitter to remove Donald Trump's account to erase his ability to communicate with his, his constituents. You have had liberal Democrats in office in the Congress, and now you will have two of them occupying the Oval Office together, um, who are absolutely influencing the, the the private companies that are these social media giants, Twitter and Facebook and Amazon, etc., um, to to limit the free speech of citizens based on their. Ideology. They have encouraged it, as in fact. So while it may not be, quote, unquote, First Amendment, Congress establishing a law that, that prohibits the free speech of, of, of people, it is Congress or congressional members using their influence and authority to work with private companies to limit the ability of, of conservative-minded people, people on the other side of the political spectrum, uh, from being able to communicate, and moreover, Peter, as you know, um, online fundraising is extraordinarily important in campaigning in the modern era in the new era so if conservative candidates cannot get messages to millions of people and raise funds using these same platforms that are allowed to be used by Democrats we now we're talking about a, an even bigger issue here now we're talking about you know disparity and opportunity uh, on public you know domains even though the internet companies themselves are private the FCC has got to consider the internet the same way they do broadcast uh, communications and it's got to be public domain and they cannot just you know allow allow democrats to raise billions in perpetuity while republicans are denied a space on that medium if you will uh to to try to compete likewise go ahead
1: yeah the, the implications of this as you just stated are profound when you have a party or politicians colluding with monopoly power entities to restrain speech or restrict speech that's uh, you know as dangerous as it gets there was not any formal overt governmental action what you have is the influence of certain individuals or a certain party there were no laws no directives no orders or anything of that nature from the government so from that perspective it's not a first amendment violation but in terms of the practical effect you're exactly right and this is something and, and it's probably more dangerous because it's more difficult to pin down and target and and address and remedy so it's it's imperative that Congress does step in. I mean, these guys have been, you know, just fiddling around, literally fiddling around for the last three years, while the influence of big tech has been growing in a very pronounced and pernicious fashion. So it's important for the Justice Department to, to conduct an investigation and bring lawsuits where necessary. I'm not going to jump the gun, but to me, it looks like, yeah, there there's some serious problems here. Second is... No question. Go ahead. The, the, the mm-hmm. legislators need to do something. It's clear that the Section 230 has been abused, just horribly abused, yet because of the significant power, both financially and, and in terms of communication, that we've seen. Look, these politicians don't want to be shut down like Josh Hawley is being shut down, like others are being shut down. They don't want to have their Twitters, uh, Twitter feeds de- uh, removed. They want to have the ability to communicate. It's amazing that these private companies have the ability to control Congress like this. Truly extraordinary. Now, half of Congress is colluding actively with them because they're all on the same page. They're completely aligned politically. But nonetheless, good um, thinking... Americans, I hate to put it that way, it sounds kind of, uh, I don't know, totalitarian, but right-thinking Americans really need to be concerned whether you're on the left or the right, because the pendulum can swing at some point. It doesn't look like it is. It looks like it's always on the left. But the pendulum could swing, and then they could look at themselves. For example, in the next election, I do think there's going to be significant blowback, because as usual, the left is going to overreach. Now, what they're doing differently in this cycle is that overreaching, they're trying to cement... All of the different reforms, and reforms I'm using that term uh, in its literal sense. Mm-hmm. It seems like a reform is generally considered to be something good. But, but the revisions to our political structure, they hope to cement that so there can't be any kind of pendulum swing back. But the pendulum swing is going to be vicious. Because once you start suppressing speech like this, you are really playing with the tiger. I think that, I'm hopeful that Republicans do bring legislation, first of all, to restrict 230 and maybe some other prophylactic legislation, proactive legislation, to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. This also goes beyond these platforms, Bob. We've seen a number of major corporations do things like um, uh, saying that they're not going to host uh, hotels, for example, host conservative conventions or um, uh, different other types of services being provided to Republicans or conservatives.
0: The, yep, the, the flight attendants' union have said they don't want anybody who went to the Trump rally mm-hmm. to be able to fly domestically on their on their on, uh, you know on their uh, their flights. Yeah. This is
1: totalitarian. This is the kind of stuff, as I've said on your program numerous times before, that if you talk to folks who escaped from Eastern Bloc countries in the 50s and 60s and 70s, they'll say, look, don't go down this path. We've seen this movie before. It doesn't end well. But here we are doing it. You know, it's, We could talk about this for hours. Bob. Again, this is a culmination of 30 to 40 years of conservatives being asleep at the switch when it comes to our uh, educational system, where Marxism and outright lies have seeped into the educational system. It's one of the reasons why I'm on the 1776 commission but um this is something that it's an uh, as i've said this before it's an all hands on deck moment we should not be sitting back and allowing our congressmen to take the lead because we're going to be very disappointed we have to keep pushing them we have to do what we can in our individual endeavors and, and be original about it think about ways in which you can combat this thing because we are talking about and i don't want to overstate this i want to be sober about this But almost everyone you want to talk to, and I've talked to a number of very prominent scholars. Thankfully, I'm on the 1776 Commission. I have the ability to interact with people much smarter than me. And to a person, they will tell you, we are at a point, we've never been in this country. This is an extremely dangerous precipice on which we're on. And, you know, the future of the country, you know, this sounds like hyperbole, but the future of the country could depend on the steps that we take over the next several months and maybe a couple of years. Very important here.
0: Peter Kirsten uh we're going to take that time out now uh, I want to come back and finish this part of the discussion uh, extraordinarily important and then we're going to move to what the January 6th riots at Capitol Hill have devolved into according to those on the left particularly those trying to impeach Donald Trump uh, it has taken a race, racist tone, a racial tone, a race baiting tone, something that is just simply remarkable. And I need to get your response to that as we continue on AM 1420 The Answer. Ten twenty-five. Uh, we continue now with Peter Kirsten. Now I'm going to save the race stuff because I have to play some setup for that until after the bottom of the hour news. Pete, so let's pivot now or continue now our discussion of what uh, is being done to conservatives as a result of the Capitol Hill riots online. The, you know, the, at the end of the day, what they're doing is they're uh, the tech giants are blaming Parler. At least that's their that's their excuse blaming parlor for for allowing the riots to be fomented on and and planned and organized on their on their website which is simply not true <clears throat> and in fact there is just as much evidence that uh, people who are uh, agitated and irritated with the results of the election are sharing their thoughts uh, on twitter and facebook as much as they are parlor so clearly this is not about that um now let's talk about what they're trying to do to Donald Trump. On his way out the door, he's a week away from, or eight days away from his term ending, and they want to impeach him before he goes. Uh, they want to carry on the Senate trial after he is already gone. First of all, I don't know that that's even legal or or constitutional, because what can the outcome be? He's already removed from office. Um what is your take on what they are doing to Donald Trump and claiming that he incited the violence at the White or at the Capitol building last Wednesday, Pete? Especially given this particular portion of his speech which I put in a loop here for effect. But listen.
1: I know that everyone here will soon be marching <laughs> over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically, peacefully and patriotically, peacefully and Patriotically, peacefully, and patriotically make your voices heard.
0: I feel like it needed to be repeated over and over and over again, because never once did he call for violence or anything of the sort. He said peacefully and patriotically, and before that he said, we're going to go down to the Capitol and cheer on our brave um, uh, senators who are challenging the confirmation of this election. Uh, certification, rather, sorry, not confirmation, certification of this election. So he wants them to go down there and peacefully and patriotically cheer. That's it. And according to the left, that means he incited the violence and as such must be impeached. Take it away.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, who, who said if uh, if weren't for double standards, the left would have no standards at all. Um, if anyone has read, I went through the transcript of the speech because I will tell you, that all I heard in the media, and sometimes even in right-leaning media, allegedly right-leaning media, is that the president had incited this. Um, no explanation, no details, no quotes from the speech, a simple assertion. Go anywhere, CNN anywhere, and that's all you see. There's a presumption that he incited. All the networks, a presumption that he incited. And again, we're being played after years, but especially the last four years of the media Outright lying, we should know anytime they say something, we better double check it because more likely than not, they're, they're outright lying to us, not just misrepresenting, not simply, you know, uh, having a certain bias. They're outright lying to us. So I went through the transcript of the speech. I saw nothing in there that even remotely came to incitement of any of the things that happened at the Capitol. Again, I encourage everybody, read it with your own two eyes. not trusting Steve, my. Let own me instinct. throw something
0: into you here. Let me throw something into you here because I did the same thing. I also have the transcript in front of me and I have read it. And then I also read yesterday's introduction of the article of impeachment. And the article refers to one statement. You ready for it? Yeah. If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore period, end quote. That is what they are calling in the article of impeachment incitement. If you don't fight like hell, apparently now, when you use the word fight, it means you must throw hands, engage in fisticuffs, smash, kick, punch, and actually physically fight. You can't fight for your country anymore rhetorically. You can't fight for your country orally. You can't fight, you know I mean? You know, City Hall, you know, the old adage, you can't fight City Hall. What does that mean? That means you're not allowed to go down there and throw a bicycle rack through the front window. Um, that's the. That's all they've got, Pete. That's the the line they're using. Go ahead.
1: Right, exactly right. And if you take a look at it in context, not even in context. I mean, this is just—it's an abomination what they're trying to do. And talking about doing violence to the Constitution, this is doing that violence just to the Constitution, but to common sense and truth. This is this is ridiculous. And for anyone, what, what is happening, what we are seeing right now, Bob, is an attempt by the media and the Democrats, but again, I repeat myself, to just completely distort debate and make you think that you don't know what the hell you're talking about, excuse my language. In addition, it wants to... T- taxify almost anything related to Trump. People are afraid, are cowed to even saying that I didn't see anything that Trump said that was bad. I haven't heard anything that he said. People are afraid of saying that. You've got senators, congressmen, even some administration officials, and they were predictable. And there's only a few of them, but they're being highlighted for a purpose because they want to cow everybody into thinking that, oh my goodness, Trump said something bad, and therefore everything related to Trump is bad. This is a a bunch of, uh, I'm going to use a nicer term, malarkey, so not trusting my own instincts, Bob, I went and looked to see if anyone else had read the transcript and came to any conclusions. And lo and behold, some very honest people took a look at the transcript and came up with the same thing, saying, wait a minute, I read this thing. Ann Altos, for example, who's not a person of the right, a University of Wisconsin law professor, read it and then listed the most offensive statements, she says, these are the ones I like, are offensive. She says, take a look at them for yourself. There's nothing here. There's nothing, not even just actionable, Bob. I'm not talking about legal actionability, right. or whether or not it's enough for impeachment. I'm talking about simple common sense. There's nothing there. We're being lied to again. There's a jade. It's incredible that here we yeah. are in 2021, and there is a unified effort to try to suppress the right, suppress speech, toxify Trump. But not just Trump and not just his followers. The overarching goal is to make sure, number one, Trump doesn't run again, of course. But number two is that any positions associated with Trump are toxified. If Trump supported tax cuts, that's bad news. That's racist. If Trump was for the border wall, that's bad news. That's racist, too. Everything is racist, of course. That's a talisman for making sure that everything is delegitimized.
0: Including, including the assault on the Capitol and including the way the Capitol police handled that. That's all racist too. That's where we're going to go next uh, with Peter now on AM 1420, The Answer. We're Social justice warriors. are looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended. This isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, we need to do this now at 10:37 with Peter Kirsanow, who is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. That's very important to this conversation. He's also a member of the current United States Commission, the Seventy Seventy Six Commission. Uh, created by President Trump to essentially push and foster uh, education of America's real history rather than the fake history that has been written by um, race-baiting uh, liberals uh, and leftists who uh, want to believe in the 1619 Project, the mythical, fictional story that America was founded in 1619 in order to uh, promote and foster and protect slavery. Peter... Um, there's a lot of ground. I'm going to get to the Civil Rights Commission. I want to get to the uh, Civil Rights Department of the, uh, of the Biden administration in a moment. But let's start again with the riots. Nancy Pelosi has declared that Trump supporters chose their whiteness over democracy when they stormed the Capitol. This was about race. Joe Biden said Black Lives Matter would have been treated much differently if they stormed the Capitol than the thuggish Trump rioters did. Said, you know that. LeBron James says uh that do you understand now this is what we have been talking about look at the way uh, the white Trump supporters were treated compared to the way Black Lives Matter uh, riders and protesters have been treated throughout the United States Comedian Chris Rock says Black Lives Matter protesters got Apache helicopters set upon them Trump protesters got food trucks Hank Johnson Democrat uh, representative from Georgia, Captain Guam, said Trump supporters, quote, would have absolutely lynched black representatives on Wednesday if the police hadn't stopped them. There's two items there. Number one, he thinks that actual lynchings would have happened. And number two, suddenly he I don't think he uh, supports defunding the police. And then finally Don Lemon. These are just some examples. There are many, many more of this, but Peter, Don Lemon on CNN said the following. are know, now just popping up on platforms. That guy feels just as empowered. That, I don't I don't buy that. Because you know what my black <laughs> my black butt would never have been in that Capitol. You know why? Because I think I believe that police would beat the crap out of me. Those guys did not believe that police were going to beat the crap out and of me. And they didn't. So there you have it, Pete. Um, This was a racist assault on the Capitol by white supremacists. And if black people had been there uh, rioting and smashing things, they would have been beaten. They would have been shackled. They would have been lynched. Uh, I I don't know where else to go with that other than to say take it away.
1: Well, it's not just poisonous, but it's the big lie. I mean, the facts are right there. We have seen the facts. This is not speculative. I just emailed to you, Bob, for your edification. Uh, I saw it. Uh, An article that came out where a number of black conservatives, including me, and I guess Heather McDonald is also a, an honorary black conservative, and they interviewed her also on this. And we recite what the facts are. The facts show just the opposite. First of all, let's remember, they must have forgotten that a, a woman was killed in the Capitol by the Capitol Police. It's not like there were no consequences to this, and all these folks are being arrested and prosecuted to the maximum. Contrast that because we have evidence of what happens when a BLM riots or an Antifa riots or anybody else like that. We had four months of riots, four months, billions in property damage. We had government buildings not just trashed and destroyed, but taken over and occupied, and some of them were uh, abandoned at the order of the police government. Stations. Democrats said abandon certain things and areas, such as the Chaz area, the police department, or the police precinct in Minneapolis. It's just extraordinary. Cops were told to stand down, and hundreds of these cops were injured and beaten badly in the city of St. Louis. And it's just one, but it's maybe the most egregious. Of the rioters that were arrested were released without charges every single one of them we had scores of images of cops standing there not taking any action and being pelted and and set upon by these rioters no consequences to that none and again I reiterate these folks who are in the Capitol many of them are being brought up on murder charges because of what happened. Uh, they are being charged with all manner of other things.
0: To say Pete, P- real, th- A- 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 P- real quick. Hey, Pete, real quick. In all of the Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioting that went on over that four-month period, can I ask you, how many Black Lives Matter protesters were shot by police? Hold on, let me get None. my calculator so I can tally it up while you give it to me. Go ahead. <laughs> how many?
1: It's, it's, it's pretty easy, Bob. Zero. Absolutely zero. Zero. It- Thank
0: you. It's one of the reasons
1: why, what was so extraordinary was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, we had a private citizen, I don't remember the the boy's name, um, who was acting, it appears in all respects, again, if you're not being gaslighted, use your own eyes, right, Grittenhouse, if you use your own eyes, it appears as if he was engaging in self-defense. But to my knowledge, again, I haven't done a complete review of this, but I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this, I don't know of anybody, any of these individuals who are hurt now they may have been hurt because of their own actions because you know somehow they got hurt because a rock was thrown or something of that nature but not because of cops they weren't shot by cops but this is the most divisive toxic poisonous rhetoric we can have and remember the again if it weren't for double standards liberals would have no standards at all but all of this occurred with democrats remaining not just silent but right. there were I think I I can't recall if the Washington Times recited this portion of it when I responded to them. But what we had in this circumstance is Democrats actually voted down a resolution over the summer condemning the riots. (laughs) They couldn't even condemn the riots. Then they voted unanimously unanimously. They've, right, and they voted down a bill that would have enhanced remedies for rioting and the desecration of monuments, okay? What you saw at the Capitol building arguably was a desecration of monuments, yet they had voted that down in the summer. They had voted that down in the summer. Right. And now we're led to believe, and, and, and I'm, I'm excusing for the moment, or not mentioning for a moment, the media who kept talking about peaceful rioting, where right in the background you see people looting and setting things on fire. It's extreme. Ordinary, what's happening? It is Soviet in its implications. That's not overstating it. Where we're let being me. told one set of things, but we can see with our own eyes that something different is happening. But we're cowed into repeating the lies.
0: Let me let me uh, let me support that with a more concrete example of what you're talking about when you talk about the media. Let's go again to CNN and to Don Lemon here.
1: Uh, thank goodness for the looters, man. The People martyrs? will
0: do what they do peacefully and.
2: Patriotically
0: Didn't have it quite queued up right there, but just keep listening. You'll hear Don Lemon in a second.
2: Make your voices heard.
0: Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before, and then this is so terrible, and where are we, and these savages, and all of that. This is how this country was started. Peace. Pete, he, he the video that was showing there on CNN as he said that, do not get it twisted about all these savages and don't think this has never happened before. This is how this country was started. They were smashing windows, stealing things, and he said this is how this country was started. Now, he says, and, and by the way, as you point out, also in those images, police officers standing by and watching it. But if he would have gone into, his, quote, black butt would have gone into the Capitol, he knows the police would have beat the crap out of him. Peter... The, the hypocrisy is, is challenged only by the dishonesty in terms of, of, of uh, you know the, the level of, of severity here. They're, they're hypocritical, and they're just, quite frankly, lying about what happened. I asked you, rhetorically, how many people were shot by police during all of those BM, BLM riots. You said zero. How many were shot in the one or two hours that this uh, Capitol Hill siege took place? Obviously, a woman was shot and killed. And by the way, she was not armed. By the way, she was not uh, resisting arrest. By the way, she was not black. And I think that matters.
1: Right. Um, There's a essay penned by Alexander Solzhenitsyn saying, live not by lies. And I commend it to everybody. I commend almost anything written by Solzhenitsyn. It can be a tough slog from time to time because translating from Russian to English uh, can get um, pretty dicey. But nonetheless, it's worth it. What we're seeing is right now is we are living by lies we can see with our own two eyes what's happening and this is the most pernicious of lies in american history there is no more inflammatory subject matter than race and yet what we have here are public individual people in positions of power whether or not it's government power media power what have you but people in positions of power telling overt lies about race and thus inflaming racial tensions in america Um, I'm about to cite you off the top of my head, and it it probably won't be accurate, but only off by a point or two, I think. Remember that, uh, certain stats, remember that in 2007, before the Obama administration, the first black president, Gallup took a poll of blacks and whites and asked them about race relations, 71% of blacks said race relations were good or some very good or somewhat good. 71%. Then they asked whites and 62%. Even fewer whites than blacks thought race relations were good. After the Obama administration concluded, the figure for blacks plummeted to 42%, and for whites it was a little bit higher than that. I don't remember the exact percentage. Plummeted. I mean, drastically. After the first black president, and this was supposed to be, you know, a healing environment and oceans were supposed to be lowered and everything else. But just the opposite happened. Why? Because there was this emphasis on race. Emphasis on race and a a pitting of one race of Americans against another race of Americans. We are seeing that on steroids right now. It's going to get worse, and it's going to create disunity. Maybe that's what they're looking for. I have no idea. No, maybe about it. Of course they are. This is not the way to run a country, that's for sure.
0: Pete, now let's talk about the way this country is going to be run as it pertains to race. And I'm going to use this as an example. First of all, would you agree with me, Peter Kirsten, if I said to you, white infants are superior because they sit, stand, and walk sooner than black infants. Would that be a racist statement?
1: Yeah, this is as racist as you can get.
0: What about this one? Science has proven that blacks are unable to... No, hold on. That's the wrong cut uh, or the wrong line here. I'm going somewhere with this, believe me. Um certain body chemicals endow whites with greater mental, physical and spiritual abilities, something which cannot be measured based on Eurocentric standards. Would that be a racist statement to make?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I know where you're going with this.
0: Yeah, and I want everybody else to hear this too. Tucker had this on last night. This is what I, what I mean by the way we're going to be governed, Peter. Joe Biden's pick for assistant AG for civil rights is a woman named Kristen Clark. Tucker Carlson exposed her for the extraordinary anti-Semite and racist that she is, anti-white racist that she is, with a writing that she did while she was at Harvard. This is a letter that she wrote while she was at Harvard. It included the following.
2: Kristen Clark is Joe Biden's pick to run the Justice Department's enormously powerful civil rights division. Clark says her job is simple, it's to end hate. But like so many in her world, Clark is in fact an enthusiastic purveyor of what she claims to fight. Clark's been on this show several times. The new investigation, though, by our reporters has uncovered shocking, and we don't use that word lightly, legitimately shocking statements that Clark made in public while at Harvard. In 1994, Clark wrote a letter to the Harvard Crimson in her capacity as the president of the Black Studies Association. Clark wanted to explain her views on race science. Quote, Please use the following theories and observations to assist you in your search for truth regarding the genetic differences between blacks and whites. End quotes. You know it's going to be interesting. And it was. Quote. One, Dr. Richard King reveals that the core of the human brain is the locus coruleus, which is a structure that is black because it contains large amounts of neuromelanin, which is essential for its operation. Two, black infants sit, crawl, and walk sooner than whites. Three, Carol Barnes notes that human mental processes are controlled by melanin, that same chemical which gives blacks their superior physical and mental abilities. All
0: right, I'm going to stop it there because I think we get the gist. She goes on with five points that display the superiority of blacks over whites physically, mentally and spiritually. Um, as I said in my open there, Pete, you know, reverse that. And I know that's what aboutism, but reverse that. And any white person who were to say any such thing in reverse about white superior over black superiority over blacks is done professionally, personally. Every manner of cancellation whatsoever would be happening. This person is going to head up or at least be the assistant AG heading up the civil rights division of the Department of Justice under Joe Biden. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah. And, uh, imagine. I mean what she is saying there is almost identical in the obverse of what David Duke would say. It is identical to what Louis Farrakhan has said. It is not only racist, but it is lunatic. It is lunatic. And yes, you can have smart people. She went to Harvard and I presume she's got, you know, fair smarts. Uh but um yeah, smart people can be lunatics. Now, uh, as I just uh, or said on Tucker, she uh, uh, testified before the Civil Rights Commission a couple of years ago on hate crimes. Um, her occupation with hate crimes, and you know my position with respect to hate crimes, I think that this is the most, again, I believe in truth and not lies. If you take a look at the statistics on hate crimes, it's nothing like what people are alleging whatsoever, but she has an obsession with it, and my concern, based on some of the things she has said, uh, I also testified with her on the Supreme Court confirmation hearing of Neil Gorsuch. Um, And using that testimony based on things she said, we are in for a wild. And dangerous ride over the next four years if she's heading up the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice because that division has tremendous power. It has the ability to affect America in significant ways by virtue of the kind of cases it brings, which cases um, it decides to prosecute with respect to police misconduct, you know, consent decrees, those those types of things, voting rights, all manner of things. I'm just glancing on some of those things. So to have someone like this now. Let's step back for a second. She P- said... Pino, hold things. on, hold
0: on, hold on. You gave me a natural pause there. I'm going to take advantage of it. Let's step back for a second and finish that thought right after this. I'm going to let you close the show for us, Peter Now, right after this timeout. Okay, 1055. Um, I want to let Peter Kirstenow finish his thoughts there as we discuss um, what the Civil Rights uh, Department... Uh, 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 Department of the Department of Justice, if I can be clumsy like that, is going to look like under Kristen Clark. Peter has a very uh, intimate knowledge of working with her and uh, obviously, as you mentioned, testifying at the uh, Supreme Court confirmation of Neil Gorsuch. So, Pete, go ahead and finish your thoughts there on her and what uh, this country will look like under a Biden administration. And I'm going to ask you point blank, Peter Now, is this country going to be safe to be white and male in during the next four years?
1: No, not at all. No, not at all. There's a target on your back. There's, that's pretty clear. Um, I want to be uh, a little bit charitable toward Kristen Clark. Uh, the left never does this for us. She made those statements while in college. Um, and, and so, you know, you can say dumb things in college. This isn't simply dumb. It's insane. But you can do things in college that you later regret and you change your mind, you become more, more mature. left never accords us that, but I'll court her that. But the problem is this, that there is nothing in her professional life that indicates that she has forsworn those positions. In fact, if you take a look at her writings and things she said, like when she's testified before the Civil Rights Commission, one of the things that Republicans must do, I hope they're not cowed into not addressing this, is asking her specifically about these things and how those positions, does she still hold those positions or any semblance of those positions? And do those positions or any semblance of those positions govern how she is going to administer the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division? This is extremely important because... Imagine if, again, it's a cheap reference, but it is. David Duke says the same kind of things in the obverse. If David Duke were yeah. nominated, would that person ever get confirmed? We cannot allow these double standards to occur. We're seeing what's happened to the country because for the last 30 to 40 years, we've allowed these double standards to occur. They've gotten measurably worse. This is a, a, um, a serious time in America. Everybody knows that. But it's an especially serious time because we're not only being divided based on political uh, positions, political parties, ideology, but we are being sorely divided on the basis of race. And that is the most inflammatory uh, division you can have in the United States of America. And Democrats are pouring gasoline on it for political advantage. It's despicable. All these corporations that are virtue signaling by um, deplatforming, Uh, And uh, refusing services to conservatives, they should be looking at Democrats who are by far engaging more extremist actions. Not all Democrats, but a lot of these political figures and nothing is being done about it. Nothing whatsoever. You don't hear any Republican saying anything remotely like what AOC or this individual uh, is saying. This is ridiculous.
0: Not only do you not hear Republicans saying anything remotely like that in the reverse, that you don't even hear Republicans condemning that. Tucker Carlson is risking cancellation by simply broadcasting Kristen Clark's own words, her own right. words of 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 uh, of black superiority over whites based on science and genetics. So, uh that that's the, that's the real, you know, threatening thing here. You don't even have to say it. You just have to condemn the the disgusting display. And you yourself also put yourself out there when you condemn. Larry Elder and others who have pointed out the obvious on this. Peter Kirsten out, Thank you for your wisdom. As always, my friend, it's a pleasure, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Peter Kirsten. Now, that's going to wrap it up for us on AM 1420, the answer for this Tuesday. As noted, uh, we were very busy with Pete in the second hour. Tomorrow, we'll have more of an opportunity for you to be heard on this ridiculous sham, which is even more of a sham of an impeachment process than the Ukrainian sham of an impeachment process. This phony race nonsense and everything else that we are dealing with, we will continue the fight. Ooh, better be careful. Somebody's going to charge me with inciting violence. I used the word fight. Keep up the fight, my good friends. Be safe and be well. Stay right here. Mike Gallagher's coming up on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy
1: the silence.